You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Well, hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're in the second series of five lessons on this very, very important subject, one of the most important subjects I've ever taught as a pastor, as a leader, and certainly one of the most important subjects I've ever brought to the Faith Roots Podcast. This is the four faces of love. And you can't really understand God's love if you don't see that it has four faces. And if you're wondering where I get my authority for there being four faces, let's go to our text. It's found in Ephesians chapter 3, and it is a prayer. It's in the middle of a prayer that Paul prays for the church at Ephesus. And it begins for us anyway in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That's his prayer. That you being rooted and grounded in love. So how are you rooted and grounded? What is it that will really plant you deeply in the love of God? It is your understanding that there are four faces of love that you may be able to comprehend. And comprehend means to wrap your mind around something that is not uh, learned at first glance. It's something that you have to study, you have to think about, you have to meditate it. If, uh, it's not something that is immediately clear. So you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, height, four dimensions, and to know the love of Christ. Now, this is interesting because he first says you have to comprehend it. Secondly, he says you have to know it. And know means that you have learned it from experience. You have not only studied it, you've not only seen it in your mind, but you've actually wrapped your mind around it in a way that you can live it out. You know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. In other words, the love of Christ is so great that it surpasses human knowledge. It's much deeper than what humans normally learn and talk about. So the breadth of God's love is expressed with open hands, uh, and we use this uh, gesture to talk about generosity. When we say that someone's generous, they're very open-handed. Generosity is expressed by breadth. And from the earliest moments of human history, Satan has lied about God's generosity. He has tried to make it look as though God is extremely restrictive. And every time there's an attack against Bible believers or people who believe the scriptures, it is always done to make them seem extremely narrow. Uh, but that is not the character and the nature of God. Now, I'm reading Genesis chapter 2 from the King James Version, and this is uh, verse 15, verse 16, verse 17. So let's take a look at how restrictive God might be. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Now, that doesn't sound very restrictive to me. This is incredibly generous. You have been told, man, that you can eat from any tree of the garden, but just one restriction. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, the restriction is given to keep you from suffering. 
All of God's restrictions are like that. If God says don't do something or another, it is because that something or another has great harm. And so he is telling you this to keep you from getting hurt. I just came back from a little trip with my family to Yellowstone National Park. And uh, being the summer of uh, 2022, we were very much aware of uh, of an incident that happened there with some tourists where a dog ran and jumped in uh, one of the the mud pots that was uh, boiling with water and uh, it was incredibly hot of course the dog was instantly killed and his master being so uh, uh, in love with the dog and you can understand this uh, wanted to save it he went in and he was scalded immediately and he eventually died and a third man did not jump in but reached out to help get his friend out of that scalding water and he too was burned and had to be hospitalized as I believe but uh, nonetheless all over the place of course the dog didn't read the signs but all over the place there are warnings and we saw those uh, that that you stay on the path you don't get off the path you don't begin to step into those areas where that water is bubbling up it's a lot worse than a hot bath it will kill you And so the restriction that is there is not given to spoil you from having fun. The restriction is there for your own good. It may save your life. That's what God was doing with this restriction. If you eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And the day you eat it, you'll surely die. And they did. They died, first of all, spiritually, but then sometime later, Adam and Eve both died physically. The physical death came after the spiritual death. And so uh, God was very generous with Adam, and the only restriction was given to keep them from harm. Now in Genesis chapter 3, we see the lies of Satan, beginning in verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And I'm not going to get into detail about the exact identity of the serpent. There are a number of different interpretations on this, and I believe that this was not just symbolic, but there was a very literal shining being who is Satan who came to deceive Eve. And he said to the woman, "'Has God indeed said, "'You shall not eat of every tree of the garden?' In other words, he's focusing on the restriction. He didn't say, isn't it great that God let you eat of all of these different trees? He doesn't focus on the liberality. He focuses on the one restriction. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Now she responds uh, somewhat, but not as definitively as she should have. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Now, she has been misinformed or she has uh, misspoken because uh, God said nothing about you can't touch it. He said you don't eat it or you'll die. Uh, It's also interesting to note there was a second tree also in the midst of the garden, the tree of life, which was a tree that if they ate its fruit, they would live forever. Adam and Eve weren't quite in that place where they would live forever because they had not yet eaten of the fruit of the tree of life. And this is consistent with the character of God. God never puts one thing in front of us and says, don't do this. He puts two things in front of us and says, don't do this, but instead, 
do this. I learned that in dealing with my children. I never just said, no, you can't do this. If there was a party that they were invited to that I didn't want them to go to, I never just said, you can't go to that party. Why don't you guys have some pizza? Uh, now, I'll buy all the pizza. Have your buddies over here to the house, and y'all can have the den and watch TV or uh, do what you need to do. If you want to go to a movie or whatever, that's different, but I'm not going to let you go to that particular party. I never just created a vacuum. God doesn't create vacuums. For every don't, there is a do. He doesn't just say don't. He gives you do's instead. And so that's the character of God. Satan is focusing on the don't to make it look as though God's very stingy. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So Eve was set up for deception because when she did touch the fruit, she didn't die. And it made it look like the whole thing was a lie. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. And that, of course, is reinforced by the fact you could touch and not die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now... What he's doing here is he's lying in order to magnify the restriction. Everything that God put into Adam's hands was good. There's nothing evil about it at all. In fact, uh, six times it is said that God's work was good. Genesis 1.4, 1.10, 1.12, 1.18, 1.21, 1.25. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, it says, and this was good. At the end of creation, when it was all done, in Genesis 1.31, listen to what it says. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Now this is really typical of God's use of the number seven. He reveals things in sevens. His work is done in sevens. You see it all the time. Uh, but the seventh thing will often be magnified beyond the first six. And he does that here. Good, 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 good. And then boom, very good. And so you see God doing that from the very earliest moments of creation. Finally, God did address something about creation that was not good. And uh, he purposely waited to do something in order to expose the one negative that there was. And here's what it is. Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Now, why was it not good for man to be alone? It is because... He could not experience God's love, God's generosity in the giving sense. In other words, he could give back to God respect and honor and so forth, but it would take another human being for him to fully participate in the flow of love. If love is like a pipe and there's a flow that comes from God to us and we give it out on the other end, there's got to be something that needs that love on the other end. That's why God created the woman that he did. And so we read in verse 21 of chapter 2, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. So we see this amazing gift that God gave to Adam, and uh, it gave him an opportunity to demonstrate love in a way that uh, he could not have known if he'd been by himself.
Uh, Dr. Ed Cole said this, and uh, he's one of my mentors from the past and since gone home to be with the Lord. He says this, though, the greatest gift that a father can give to his children is to love their mother. So he's talking about that love is this amazing fountain, and it is something that we need to express in the husband-wife relationship is the, uh, the pinnacle of the human relationships that uh, gives us opportunity to love. So, God wanted Adam to know love in the way that he knew love. God created the worlds, but he created them in such a way so that Adam could experience the receiving and the giving of love. Because God's love is, first of all, generous. When we pray that we may know the breadth of the love of God, we are praying that we may know the goodness of God's generosity. And that's what you see in Genesis 1 and 2. You see God giving, and even in Genesis 3, we'll get into that in a little bit. All right, that's all the time we have for this today, but we'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people, so take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.